don't think this is truly a factor, but I also, there's a little part of me that thinks I might get a slightly easier entree in if there's any hint of here's a person that I've seen on TV that wants to be in the castle. Right. <laughs> um, now, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really famous enough for that to come into effect. Right. But I'm hoping if there's any, like, tie goes to the Have runner. Have you been on TV? Yes. If there's any tie goes to the runner situation, then I hope that breaks in my favor. Right. Uh, I, uh, uh, I, we should mention, or I'll mention it for you, is, yeah, you, um, you were in this, you were in this season of Superstore more than you've been in any other season. Yes. Um, in a couple of significant ways. Yes. And uh, the, um, in fact, I was actually surprised when I read this article because I thought she already was. But the actress who plays Coleco uh, upgraded to series regular. Yes, I thought she was. I was no. actually shocked. At, so, what would you call what she was? She was a guest star. Really? Yes. I feel like she's in every episode. She's in like eighty percent of the episodes and was technically a guest star. How? That it's, seems like it's, it's almost bullshit. exclusively a salary distinction. So, um, um, I don't know what Coleco gets paid. Uh, I'm very happy that she's a series regular because uh, I think we mentioned on this podcast before. If you're a series regular, the minimum is like thirty grand an right. episode. Um, um, and so, given that you're the love very, interest, can I spoil the last episode of Superstore? Um, sure. Um, Spoiler: Skip thirty seconds ahead. Uh, I won't spoil it. I won't. Spoil well, it. I will. Say let's some, just say. Something let's happened. just say. Uh, um, I would propose that in the next <laughs> season, I think you'll be around more. Well, also given that the character. Uh, that your your love interest is um, now a series regular. Now a series regular. I would say that my expectation is I will appear at least once more. Right now, that doesn't. My character doesn't interact with the heart of their. Narrative I do enough. think though that there is a uh, um, potential to like really get like really uh, get an interesting wedding of the two dynamics of your character. Characters. Oh, good lord. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. And I hesitated for so long. I'm like, you almost got it. You yeah. almost got it, John. <laughs> um, so, yes. Hopefully- oh, fuck. Let me try again. Let me try okay, again. Okay. <clears throat> I just think that um, the, the, your two dynamics uh, will have a good union together. Oh. That was better. That wasn't great. Was it better? <laughs> <laughs> it was better. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, a D is still bad, but it's better than an F. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It would be... I obviously get married in the next season. Yes, actually, you don't know that. We're That's true. They that. haven't written the, the way that our storyline. Carol been, could swing back in. Lots of crazy things have happened. Oh, yeah. I, I fully expect that there's going to be lots of complications to that based on how Carol re- reacts. Mm-hmm. Um, fun thing about that was that was um, thrown in at the last minute. The show creator, showrunner uh, Justin Papadopoulos. Yeah, Justin Papadopoulos. <laughs> Justin Willman. Right. Um, Just incredible. Who's Justin Incredible? Justin Incredible is Justin Willman's old stage name. Oh, good lord! Justin, first name, last name, Incredible. Okay, wow. and now it's just Justin Willman, <laughs> and the well, I won't say anything about that. <laughs> I was about to say something nasty based on hearsay, and I won't. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> the uh, well, it wasn't here. I didn't hear from you, right? So. You, you just don't like people saying things based on hearsay. I just don't want to be in the room with you when you do it. <laughs> when you record a solo episode of this podcast in Sydney, you can be like, you, you get you drunk and you can say whatever you want. Yeah, and hopefully um, I'll, if I meet some Sydney uh, magicians, which you said you might have a lead for me, maybe yeah. I'll get some Sydney gossip. Right. Um, but uh, the I wouldn't really want to get into the castle based on just being like, 
um, oh, he's a guy from TV. Right. Uh, and I also really, I genuinely don't think that I have a TV resume that's big enough to get in based on that because, you know, unlike some people, but, um, but I wouldn't mind if they were having to tip the balance in one way or the other and right. that's what got me and I would definitely accept that. Um, Jason Sudeikis auditioned for Magician Membership uh-huh. and he made a joke about it when he presented an award at the AMA Awards show a couple uh-huh. weeks ago. And he talked about how much he wanted to be a member and how much he loves magic. And then he said, you know, auditioning uh, auditioning for membership was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh-huh. And I've met Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny. So he did audition. Uh, evidently. Yeah, there you go. Um, now, I've been told some other thing. And I'm curious what you think about this. I've been told by a couple people like... Um, Oh, why don't you just get like ultra lucky coin and do that? Because like that requires a little slight. It's got a little bit of structure to it. You know, ultra lucky coin. That's the Eric, new one. Eric Tate one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Uh, have you seen it? I have it somewhere. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but it's I, awesome. Robert showed it to me and fooled me. Yeah. Um, it's a twist on the classic like poker chip has Robert, the card predicted under it. Right. That um, they use as a sort of a marker to find the card. It's a twist yeah. on that. Very good. It's very neat. And it fooled me. What's your feeling about like, why don't I just like, learn ultra like a coin and do it like in the middle of my audition um again these are the kind of things like i haven't done that audition yeah my my audition was in march of 2009 right for the junior committee you know with 11 you know 25 other uh 16 year olds 2009 is back when i was watching the apprentice and loving it right yeah (laughs) thinking this will be fine forever (laughs) yeah i mean i guess what i'm saying is how would you feel if you saw someone's 20 minute set in the middle of it was ultra like a coin are you just kind of like cool or is it like because I will say the list of effects that I just described to you, I now some of them are from other people, but like I feel like I can make them all very much my own voice. Not to bring this back to me, yes, but, but uh, you know when I was doing Hamlet, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually did a very tasteful Othello. Would uh, Ultra Lucky Coin pass your? Why are you doing this trick test? If you gave me a reason, yeah. you know. And what I, if the reason was because I want to get into the castle? <laughs> <laughs> Inherent in the routine, no. If you said, hi, my name is Eric Tate. Why don't you do this? You know. Oh. Uh, but like bringing it back to um, to my uh, friend show for a second. Yeah. The, the, my, my number one priority, quite frankly, the strength of the magic that I'm doing in my show, and I know this may set, some people might think I'm an idiot <laughs> for like, saying it's this. It's not that good. The strength of my magic in my show is my third priority. Uh-huh. Um, Quite, quite honestly, my first priority is making sure that uh, a lot of the pieces in the show all, um, I, for lack of a better word, have different flavors. Okay. Right. One of the weaknesses I think I have just in the shows I do is that it's, you know, depending on what kind of show I'm doing, 20 or 45 minutes of kind of the same rhythmic beats, the same comedic timing, the same me. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I, I, you know, and I think when is that ever like, right. you know, when is a show ever hurt by good by good like peaks and valleys. Right. Um, and so part of your show now, you were going to wear an eye patch. Right. Yarr, my name is John the Pirate. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to pretend I have a peg leg and it's going to be in... And the card will be, be inside the be, leg. It's going to be 22 minutes of my 45-minute show. Oh, there you um, go. But like, that, that's no, my that number make, one... That makes sense. But again, not the... <sighs> you might prefer an effect that is... Look, I'm trying very hard to make very, very strong, good magic. But... The sad truth, but the truth of this industry is that I can put something decent in the show and know it will work, right? There's a piece right now where I have planned to just use a mental epic 
as, yeah. as a trick. Oh, you said you know it will work. Yeah, I know yeah, it will yeah, work. Right, I know right. it's a good trick. It's tried and true. Uh, you know, so I know that, like, that blindfold trick I do initially came from a book. There was very little risk putting that in anywhere because I know it was going to be pretty good. Right. I know, you know, right? I like, I, I know I, I kind of shit on it, but I can go get good magic. Uh, from a magic shop and put it in and know it'll be okay. So like sitting down and going yeah, just to draw a parallel while we're talking about your side of it. I, the, the parallel is I can go get five things right. and learn them and do them in this audition. Right. So I would say my goal for the audience is how can I give them different tones and different flavors to, to take away during the show? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of right now writing a sort of like, heartfelt little not ironic heartfelt sort of ending yeah um about my thoughts on the fact that i do magic kind of what my life is in magic right um because i think that some of the pieces leading up to that as i have them outlined kind of all delve into like a lot of anxiety and insecurity right. about currently what the ending your shows you walk into the ocean right so it's it's a good effect right um yeah yeah i make an ocean appear in a 70 seat <laughs> that'd be fucking cool actually right. uh <laughs> Flood the shipping container. So, um, I would say the equivalent back to your back to you, as painful as that is uh, <laughs> for me to do. Um, that I would say like, the equivalent would that would be like if I'm sitting on a committee, I maybe want to you know if you're doing if you do one great self working trick and it's really funny, awesome. If you do five great self working tricks, I'm like. Well, he clearly doesn't know much about magic, but he's a good entertainer. Right. If you maybe do a self-working trick and then a trick with a cool little slight and a gimmick, cool. And then you have like, oh, this thing with double deckers that you kind of came up with a method for, awesome. It's like it's showing different yeah. elements of your. It's you know, what I yeah maybe I I I don't know maybe you're not an incredible sleight of hand artist, but in nine minutes or whatever, I can get a couple different elements of your yes. knowledge and respect for magic, right? Yes, yeah. Basically, here's the only thing that has ever re- directly been communicated to me, and this was by Shoot when he was on the committee, right? Probably eight or nine years no, ago. No more Asians. Uh, yeah. Ugh. No, thank Too you. Man- We're at the limit, right? I I've got to stop making jokes like that on this podcast. They're going to take it out of context. And I might run for office someday. Yeah, we'll uh, put them all together in like a sizzle reel, right. Of racism. Um. <laughs> so, uh, but he basically said to me was that one of the problems that the audition process was having is that a lot of people were coming right from the magic classes and doing the exact things from the magic class. Yes. And so he's like, we would see four people who would do basically the exact same stuff and this with the same beats and the same rhythms and the same everything, right. same props even. So that was a big, so I think his advice to me uh, talking about auditions in general was you have to, you have to do something that'll get them to take notice. You're different from other people. You're already doing that, and that you're not doing stuff from a magic class you took yeah. a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, but which, in looking back on it, I would not do anything from that class. Sure, in an audition. Uh, and I, I don't know. Maybe they're taking a level one class, level two or three. I'm not sure. But except, I, except smash and stab, which weirdly they start with, right? Which is weird first trick to learn. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, and then you're like, "What's the method?" And they're like, "You just, you know, you the just, odds are in your favor, seventy five percent." Yeah, the method is like toughen up. <laughs> yeah, toughen up. Don't, don't be a little bitch about it. Yeah, I mean t- the, the method is there's no important. Oh, you took there. a spike to the hand. Cry me a river. Yeah, you know what? Jesus took two. <laughs> right, and he's the greatest he, magician of all. <laughs> and he turned out fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bad um, luck. Bad luck from Jesus. How popular is he? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that if I were watching an audition and I just go, okay, I'm judging this person. Yeah, I, I would maybe be. Like, oh, you flashed this palm a little bit, minus five points. I don't know that I would be like that. I, I would say, like, what are you trying to do? 
is right. it coming from an you know an intelligent place and are you trying to show a little bit of variety yeah right i think i can do that i guarantee my audition will not have a palm in it to to uh, yeah uh, i i almost never do palms just because <laughs> i don't i here's and you know here's why I'll, and i'll say it most palm like i would say that i a lot of the people i see trying to palm flash yeah. Even just a little bit. Maybe, and you know, sometimes it's not terrible. We saw a show in the parlor where someone palmed a card they stole from under a table. They had a folded up card. Yeah, which I uh, did not catch. Exactly. I noticed it and you didn't. So I'm not saying like, oh, there are people are flashing all the time. Maybe it's me as a magician. But um, I also didn't see the top change you know, in, in Helder's show. <laughs> maybe I'm not a, uh, maybe I'm not a sleight of hand, you know, like expert. Or I'm not a purist in the terms of like, oh yeah, you got to know really hard sleight of hand. Right. I'm more of a, you know, you have to have an, a, a full toolbox and use whatever tool is the best for that thing. Yeah. And if I can find a way that will involve not palming a card, I'm going to because, you know, like um, my blindfold routine, in like inherent in it is that there's very little sleight of hand or the sleight of hand in it is not angle sensitive. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that and I don't have to think about it. If I'm palming, then I have to constantly be readjusting for that. So if I can find a way to do something that a palm could achieve without a palm and, yeah. and it doesn't hurt the strength of the effect, I'm going to take that. So, but that being said, there is probably also an extreme that if you're like only a semi-decent performer and you audition and you're doing insane sleight of hand and it's pretty competent, that would also carry you without right. like without uh, um, variation in the style or tone or flavor of your act. Oh, by the way, I also uh, thought about doing the Danny DRT's variation that i did it's a trick of his called totally hands off i don't that, know that i've actually seen you do this uh, i think i did it for you at one point basically his uses a certain weight of force and i was doing it with just using a certain count is this the one where you talked about there's three there's three packs mm-hmm. um i give the first person a pack i sort of know something about that pack and then the other people shuffle their packs not not, not to 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 Remember it in this context. Is this the thing you told on the story? Oh told yeah, story that with I Harrison? did. At, you did an open mic. This is the one. No, no, no. A comedy show that I was hosting. Oh, that's right. You're closing it. They're like, you're the one where they're like, you're suddenly headlining. I was suddenly headlining, and they wanted me to go like ten minutes longer than I was prepared to, mm-hmm. or just feeling it. And and I had just been doing the trick for people successfully for like about five or six right. days, and I was like, oh, uh, like uh, this will be fun. And this would be a fun way to close the show. Right. And in the middle of it, I lost count of the math mm-hmm. and completely did not right. work at all. And actually, weirdly, the audience enjoyed it nearly as much. Um, and uh, happened again recently. I did one. I, the thing I have to, the bulletproof part of that trick for me is I have to build up the ability to do the math while I'm speaking to people. Yes, that, which is difficult. <laughs> um, but. I really love that trick because it's it has a lot of the, I mean Danny DRTs I think and I are similar in shape. No, <laughs> I I like I like a lot of his the stuff that I consider like BSing stuff. Like right. I like a lot of his the Which flexibility, kind of sort of about confidence and like yeah, just do it. And I also like his. I think I've talked about this before. I love how he varies methods from one time. Like he's capable of like pretty great sleight of right. hand, and then sometimes but also just, just like doing like the most bullshit right, forcing. Like, ain't nothing to do it to it, but yeah. to shoe it. Yes, that's a that's the slogan of the Elizabeth Shue School of Acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what I'm going to practice in Sydney too, because that one I love. It can come, it can be shuffled. I don't have to do any prep for it. Yeah, I will only do that 
gibberish. I always feel like he's doing the Tonight Show theme. He does that a lot. That's funny. Um, so anyway, that might be one I put in as well because there's a there is a little slight in it, um, but it's mostly like and it's not self working. It's like it's it's work for sure to mm-hmm. do that trick, and I I think it's enjoyable and genuinely befuddling. Yeah. So that might be one I throw in there too. Right. Um, I have all heard a couple of times people are like, sometimes they're like, can you do anything else? Oh yeah, you should definitely have a backup. So maybe I'll have that as a, like a little backup. Right, because if you're like, I want to be a magician member, like, cool. Can you do more than five and a half minutes? Like, nope. Yeah. Um, another thing is maybe like, should I, I probably will do this because they're small, but like maybe I'll just bring those ninja rings to Sydney and just like work on rings. Sure. Like, well, yeah. you know, I feel like that might not be a bad thing to just throw in. So it's just not cards for the whole time. Um, I would say that <laughs> there's a micro expression of just like disdain for rings. No, it's not disdain for rings. It's like, uh, Oh, I, if I were in your shoes, I, I would like, I, th- I think people's, uh, the, the committee's maybe bar for what they'll accept in that routine is going to be higher because it's so popular. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be... You can do a bunch of different... You can do a, a trillion different types of card magic yeah. with a trillion different styles of methods. Ninja Rings is going to be very... The Ninja Rings is like, got it. This, I, I've seen trillions of times exactly what this needs to look like to be a certain level of quality. Right. And uh, I would be afraid to have something with such a... Um, such a, like, a infamous level of, like, this is what it is. This is interesting. what people, You know? Do you... Is there a perception that the rings are harder than, like, card slights? I don't know, but at the very least, I can, I without with knowing very little about the rings, just having seen them a million times, yeah. I can tell who's when better. I can, oh, okay. I can tell who's better than others. You oh, know, interesting. Um, um, because even just like in how much your wrist is moving, how much this, how you know, because in studying the very the like the little that I've studied the rings so far, it feels more doable to me than some cards lights. Interesting. Uh, in the sense of like, now, granted, I'll talk. I mean, all this talk. I in my junior program audition, I did the cups and balls. Yeah. Well, honestly, if I could do cups and balls at a competent level, I would. I probably would just do that. But I don't see myself being at that level, right? Ever. <laughs> really. I mean, I don't know that. That's. I don't mean that I couldn't do cups and balls, but like, like learning, say the five card slides that mm-hmm. are used in a lot of things, seems to open up like. I can do this whole world of card tricks. If I learn the basic moves in cups and balls, it lets me do like th- cups and balls. Mm-hmm. You know, like it does, it's not as expansive to me. Right. Um, and I have limited time. I, uh, I, can we talk about me for a second? Yes. 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 Um, I just did a show today for the cat, for you and the cast of the Thrones musical. Yeah. Um, it was like a little treat for them. Uh, right before they left, you know, as they're done rehearsals. Um, I'm kind of curious how you thought that went. Oh, I uh, specifically because I left a close-up mat at home, so I found some fabric, like uh, uh, some fabric in my <laughs> yeah, car. Which didn't it didn't help you that? It much. did not help me that much. To the point where there were moments where I'm like, "Oh, this is hurting." This. Um, I thought there were a couple times where the way it bunched and the way I kind of had to fix it with the cups and balls. I, I, there were times where maybe three times in cups and balls where I consciously thought to myself, "Oh, that flashed." Um, uh, I don't. I'll be. I, I definitely. I mean, I didn't feel like bad, but I definitely left going like, "Oh, that didn't go well." I don't show. know how to answer just the that. show in general. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I, I, oh, I didn't think that. Oh, cool. I'm glad. No, I didn't. I don't know how to answer that because that was for, me fishing with, for a compliment. With cups and balls, no, uh, it was it was a show. No, um, it was good. I thought. And actually, <laughs> you remember? Um, 
you remember the 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 kind of like the standard I had for uh like notes when um last December when we were working on my close up act? Yes. And it was kind of like um I'll take any kind like especially cuz we were like a week, two weeks away. You're so, like you will take things that are like actionable kind of thing? Take, yeah, anything that's actionable. They're just kind of like oh god, I just, you know, I don't like the way you approach like card magic like if you i would be happy to talk about like i don't like your approach to the style of magic i don't like your energy or whatever i am absolutely willing to talk about that but if it's like in the middle of a run i'm like well i can't fucking change that now i'm just insecure right, about right. it that's the kind of stuff but if you're like oh this move is flashing you need to do this for instance i did i was there's a moment where i would pantomime with coins and i showed it to your husband you and your husband and he went your uh, your object work is kind of inconsistent and bad with those coins and i went oh Great, because then I could like that was an e- that was a, a a good observation that I would not have picked up on. Right. That was an easy fix. Right. So the the joke I made was like, you know, basically, um, you were like, do you mind if I give you notes? And I went, uh, um, yeah, really, like the only thing is, and this kind of became the j- shorthand joke was like, just so long as they're more, per- you know, uh, productive than like you're terrible at magic, kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then you immediately went, oh then no notes <laughs> <laughs> that was surely was a joke yeah no it was really funny yeah, yeah, yeah. i was just covering up that it was just, just yeah. i think back to that I'm like that was a good one um that's a top 10 chris grace joke i think that uh not even top 100 um <laughs> so to me yeah, oh, yeah. in direct conversation with me yeah still no um i still think i still does your dad listen to this um occasionally i still sort of feel pride and cringe at the sandwich trick joke that i made about his family because like it was when we were talking about like things that had happened to me and things that had happened. oh well i was in the car with him when that episode played no one said anything like no one was like uh no one reacted at one way or the other okay just dead silence i mean you went on to top it 50 times oh did i yeah, because after I was like, "Didn't you have some shit in your life?" And you right, went, right. Yeah. No, no. I think I said that first, and then heard your dad stuff, which felt I felt like gave me permission to say the sandwich trick joke. Of like, yeah, I, I, no one has ever expressed to me like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Um. So uh, I forgot what we were talking. Say about. Jesus. Yeah. Get that smash and stab right. Right. Um. Uh. So I was asking about the cups and balls because I wanted to talk oh, about me. So this I was is tired what talk, this is what I you talk about, not me. This is what I. <laughs> Is harder for me to answer because I know the moves in Cups and Balls, so I don't know what well, con- is considered flashing. Because like when to me flashing is physically seeing me like load a ball. I saw it once when you loaded from the maybe when you loaded one of the ending things. Oh, one of the final loads because it was a different load. It was from forward. It was from back to forward, and I saw a flash of white. Oh, okay. Um. I didn't see any flashing in the initial phases of it. Okay. Um, but that's what I mean. Like now that I know it comes in balls, like the loads are seem very difficult to hide. If you know, that's how things are getting loaded. Right. Is that a concern for people doing comes in balls or is it just like, what do you mean? A, a layman isn't going to know that when you reset, when you put, move the cup or whatever, that something's happening at that moment. As opposed to what you're talking about flashing or like seeing a flash of white or red or something. like right. that. Right. There was a girl that I was really good friends with in high school. And we haven't spent a lot of time, close time together in about six, seven years until we started hanging out again. You know, we got back in touch like six months ago. She came to Magic Bar. Uh-huh. And uh, I was doing cups and balls, which I would have been doing in high school. And then I kind of stopped doing it for a few years. And I, so I, I, you know, when it's appropriate, I ask a lot of my layman friends, spectators who see my show and I want to hang out with them afterwards. Like, what did you figure out? What did you think you figured out? Do you have any theories on something? Like, I want to hear them just to see how logical or close that theory is and if you're way off and i need to like 
I still need to correct so that you don't think that. Yeah. Um, and I asked about the cups and balls, and she said, anytime you're putting a cup down and you're like putting a ball into it, I can tell. I'm like, because you can see the ball going in or just because of the way my hands are? And she's like, because of the way your hands are. Um, I don't know the exact term for that. I think it's called finger flashing, where like... You're, the, way, the way you're holding it is sort of implying what the action right. is. Right. The way, when I pick a cup, a cup and put it down, that is a different action than when I'm putting a cup down and loading a ball into right, it. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? Yes, that's that's what I'm... I'm like, does that count to you as flashing or not? Like, is that an important thing to like not show? Yes, I would say it is. I would argue that it is bad when you are supposed to be doing the same action twice and they look uh, different. Yes, because that suggests a method. Oh, okay. Um, or not suggests a method, but it, you know. Well, this is what we've talked about before that I think is interesting, which is like, if if ten times I'm holding a diet coke can and it's sitting on the table, right? To have ten times I reach forward and I pick it up from the top like this, right? Right, every single time, and then one time I pick it up from the bottom. Um, Right. And that's the time I'm doing a move for whatever, for whatever reason. And then there's a tomato in the can. Right. They're, 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 you know, maybe it's not a huge thing. Maybe he's like, well, I could tell because his hands were different. But it is different. Well, actually, I'd say it is It is a big, pretty big deal sometimes because in the cups and balls, you are constantly going back between loading balls underneath that as you're setting cups down and just picking them up and putting them down. Right. There is plenty of opportunities for an audience to compare those contrasting um, uh Right, movements. and not at, not even at a conscious level. They just might just be like their lizard brain might be processing right. that something's up. Um, this I'm quite sure we've talked about this, but it rem- it reminds me of like a thought that I've always had about acting, which is that um, I think it's a good goal to have that like you should be able to be relaxed enough when you're acting that you can bring a lot of yourself to a role. And so similarly, like, uh, I'll just bring up like Les Mis, which is at the Pantages right now. There's a lot of like insane hysterical behavior in this production of Les Mis that doesn't um, seem like the way people would really act when they do a certain thing or sing about a certain thing. Right. Um, So a lot of times in acting, I would often think about, you know, how would I really do this? And that would be like the control. Like if I react to this thing, how would I give somebody bad news about something or whatever? And then if I'm doing it on stage or in front of a camera, can I do something like similar to that? And um, there's two ways to respond to that. One is to try to get your acting to be naturalistic enough to where, and naturalism is a style, but getting your acting to be naturalistic enough to where it is credible um, behavior. Mm -hmm. The other way that I have seen a lot of people like in acting school take this approach unconsciously is that they make their regular life as like sort of dramatic, like their, their normal behavior becomes heightened in a way. And it comes up to the level of what they want, (laughs) they want to do on stage. And I think that's kind of the equivalent of like, you know, sometimes I feel like in magic, people aren't making their, the moves more natural. They're making their non moves more weird. Right. And like, I always think that looks strange. Like I, think it looks um i do think it looks weird when magicians like hold things in very like their hands just look very right like strained in a certain way even when they're not doing a move and i know that like other people have that philosophy is like being a good philosophy Mm -hmm. Uh, but i think that's i feel like my brain starts to go like why is you mentioned when we were taking the photos that you were like my hands look really magic-y right now right and i think that i feel that sometimes of like that there is a way that magician hands are 
some of that's coming from like I've got to cover this so when I'm hiding something it'll look normal. Right. So normally I'll just have my hand like this mm-hmm. anyway. Um. So that's why magic uh, sucks, and I won't get into the castle. Cool. Um. We should probably end it. It's one ten. Yeah. Oh, we were supposed to go thirty minutes on this. Yeah, we're supposed we to could split it in two parts. I right, yeah. find a spot in the middle that'll get us through because we have shoots, we have this, and you might do an interview. Yeah. Going. Uh, John's probably going to interview some folks while I'm away, and I might try to find some Sydney people to talk to. Um, or at least I, I know I can do a remote episode where I talk about like going. There's two magic shops in Sydney, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe there's a couple of places where I can see some shows. Cool. So I'll give a little Sydney update. So you're you're just going to do Thrones, uh, like there's not like a fringe that's happening. No, let me tell you what I'm being. I'm being uh, taken to Sydney to oversee the tech rehearsals and to load in the show that I just directed, and then I'm being, um, uh, like blessed with a hotel room in the middle of Sydney to practice my Magic Castle audition <laughs> for three weeks. Uh, that's essentially what I've been. It's like a research. So you're going to be there for the entire run of probably Thrones. Oh, I need to confront you about something. Yes. Um, I saw Ashley. We were in line together waiting for the valet. Uh huh. And she mentioned something about like, I was like, so you're not going to go be in Edinburgh for either Voldemort or this? Yes. He was like, no. I just kind of think I've done it for six years in a row, and yeah. I, you know, it's hard on my husband and all, all, all great reasons. She goes, there's a chance that I go because if Chris can't make it to Edinburgh. Um, he asked me because we're friends if I would help sort of direct Voldemort while I'm yes. out there, and I was like, "Hold on, what was that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a. Uh, so this, he's filming. I was like, uh, well, "Say again." <laughs> well, the thing that you talked about before, which is the um, uh, what might happen to me in the next season if they decide to put, let's say, a wedding episode on July. It doesn't affect you as much. If they decide to put a wedding episode on July 23rd mm-hmm. and I have to be in LA for that week, it's more that I have to miss the entire Voldemort rehearsal process because mm-hmm. we were hiring London actors. Um, when are you going to be? When are you planning to go to Edinburgh? I'll probably be there July 20th. Okay. And we're probably going to rehearse Voldemort from July 21st through 28th. Okay. So I'm not as worried about your window is much smaller. So, like, Theoretically, if they scheduled me for July 29th, 27, 28, 20, 30, that would fuck with my tech schedule for you. Mm-hmm. But the chances that are much smaller, it's a much smaller window for them to fuck with. And also, that's not going to be a point where like we're still making creative decisions about your show. Right. We're going to be like loading you in. Well, I hope not. Uh, or maybe, you know, maybe like last minute you'll be like, uh, did you bring that ultra lucky coin? <laughs> um, hey, no audience ever gambled before, yeah, yeah. you know, you Edinburgh folk like to gamble. Uh, that's now, that's now my persona. Um, like, uh, Bill Cosby style. Yeah. <laughs> people like to gamble. Nah, people like to, and I can't do a Cosby. Um, so I, if I have a Whoa. genuine, if I have a genuine, Rudy, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, I don't see a situation where I will not be at Edinburgh at all. It's just that there's a window where I, if I have to miss three days of Voldemort rehearsal, I'm going to hire Ashley to like go and direct it because mm-hmm. she was in it last year in yeah. Scotland. Um, so I don't anticipate it being a, I should know fairly soon if that window is going to be interrupted in some way. Mm-hmm. So worst case scenario would be if they, um, honestly, the worst case scenario would be they plan the an episode for me to shoot on your tech load in day. Mm-hmm. Then 
I would honestly probably hire Ashley to load you in for your show. Cool. I mean, so I'm not, your show is not as, um, like, it's, the tech requirements are not dictated necessarily, uh, well, they are dictated right there, but it's like, I don't have to coordinate as many people and hopefully the show will be essentially done. Well, and not to put pressure on her now, but now I'm my, my desire to have her read stuff is uh, not just like, oh, this is a super talented person that I would like to get their creative input on this. Yeah. Uh, but also a little like, oh, I would maybe like it if some of this material is in the back of your mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe as, you know, yeah. a, a, as like a plan C of like, you know, I will prep her for that uh, situation as well. Got it. Um, so we will be back when we're going to publish these, these episodes over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I'll be back July 1st. Cool. Um, hopefully you'll get some guests lined up. Yeah. And, uh, oh, are you doing any magic bar soon? Magic bar June 10th and 11th. Okay. There is a, uh, so I don't know when this will, well, actually after we that. can, we can put this one out. This next week. Oh yeah, oh that's right because you're already getting on. So yes, yeah. yeah, so uh, come to Magic Bar, um, June 10th and 11th. I'll be there. I'm. I'm there's a new trick, uh, a couple new tricks that I want to try. Ooh. Um, one that I almost did today, but then I left one of the props at home. Ah. That, was a, that was a mess today. Um, uh, I was gonna do that envelope trick. Oh, uh, the um, is that why of, you had those ESP cards? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and I um had all the ESP cards, and then as I was driving, I needed to stop at the Magic Apple to buy a couple more because uh the routine uses a lot of one of the symbols. Uh-huh. Um, and I realized I just I, I I I grabbed the box of envelopes. They're probably sitting on top of my closet pad, and I just didn't put either of them in my, into my car. Ah. So I was like, well, that trick's gone. Um, because I do want you to see it because I I I came up with a, uh something. To, I came up with a justification for it for my friend show. Ah. Uh, did I tell you what my justification for it is? Oh, to go into the fringe show? Yeah. No. So, what? It's a great trick. And the moment I finished it at that Magic Monday thing I did, Robert said to me, um, "That's got to go in your show. That's a great trick. Oh. Like, that's, you just got to start doing that." And then Simon really liked the trick too. And he goes, "And we were talking about it's a Gilbert principle thing, very mathematical, very, very like no slight, but kind of like oh, right. I hope Gilbert this- principle, which means that like." You probably don't actually understand why it works. <laughs> I understand several parts. There's a, I, like the first phase and a half. I'm like, I get exactly why this is happening the way it's happening, but the the way that the finale worked, the final phase, the prediction of of five envelopes, yeah. it's just like wow. There's so many moving pieces throughout, like throughout the entirety of the routine. Yeah, I can. If you were to just say, you know, give me ten cards and I'll pick five and I can guess what they are, I can figure out why that is. But you're like, oh. There are 20 cards in play, and they keep moving around, and there's a wild variation of what five could finally end up on, and you asked me to track that. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Say, when I The things that I have like read about Gilbert stuff, I can often like do the trick in front of myself and be like, well, this is working. Right. I've done it 10 times in a row, exactly. and it works every time, and I'm like, I do not understand this. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and this trick has elements that I understand very well and elements that I do not. Yeah. So my just so I um so what Simon said to me because he was at that show is he goes man that's a really good trick and, and I also had a, a good spectator for it like just everything lined up and it yeah. was awesome and it, and it and it killed and it did very very well, um, and so now I'm much more excited about doing it other places because it went very well right uh, and so I <laughs> so Simon was like yeah I would love to like because he had learned the trick like ten years ago and it's kind of in the back of his mind too right so seeing it do well he started thinking about it again. Um, and he goes, uh, yeah, that is the kind of trick where I would always be too afraid to put it into the, cause if anything goes wrong, I'm fucked with no backup plan and don't no solution. Right. So what I, what, uh, given that, you know, to anyone that somehow doesn't already know this, who listened to this podcast, the whole 
premise of my show is like honest, real behind the scenes kind of real info about what it's like to live as and, and, and create magic. Right. Um, and, and just have a real, as, as honest of a dialogue as I can about myself as a magician. Uh, so the, so this is, I'm going to perform for you what I, I haven't written this down yet, but this is what it is in my head. Um, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever seen a magician mess up on stage? I mean, like really, really mess up. No backup, no funny ending where, oh, what's in my, oh, I forgot I have a backup plan in my back pocket and it's a signed card. None of that. A magician messed up. It was bad. They moved on to something else and hope you didn't notice. And m- most of them will be like, no. And then I'm going to go, you want to? <laughs> and then I'll, I'll be very honest. I'm going to go, this is a trick that I call a 99 out of 100. If I do this 100 times, 99 of them, it's going to work perfectly fine. I'm not going to tell you how the trick works, but I will say it's very sort of uh, uh, it's, it's sort of very rhythmic. It kind of happened. Like it, each part of it sort of sets up the next part of it uh, by itself. If something happens, if something goes wrong, if something moves out of place when it shouldn't, there is absolutely no backup plan. There is absolutely no recourse. There is absolutely nothing to do besides sit in the discomfort of failure. Uh-huh. Want to see it? And then just go into the routine, hopefully kind of creating a somewhat real source of tension. Um, yeah. So I that, like that. So that's kind of like my, you know. my Here's a suggestion. No, it's perfect. Uh, okay. Here's a suggestion. I should shut up and watch you do this trick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what if you created some kind of like, you know, 99 times out of 100, this will work. And one time out of 100, it won't. If you guys happen to be the audience where it fucks up. I will give you this, like you get, you you get, you all get this, like gold ribbon or something, something like, like oh my god, uh, of like you and you can track. No, shut like, up! I haven't. Okay, okay good. Oh, say, and you can track like today's the seventeenth day of the fringe. Right. It has not failed yet, but you guys still might be the ones. Christopher. Yes. I have been for weeks pitching an idea whereby I use my phone to create an inflammatory potential Facebook oh, yes. post yeah. to post. And then if this trick does not work, I have to post the thing. This would maybe be a great yeah, tie in yeah. for that. It would. Holy baloney. Uh, oh man. I'm that. Oh my God. That's going to be very fun. That's cool. And I think it would be fun to track the performance of the trick so far in the month. Right. To have like a little whiteboard. That's just like, just to let you know, this is, you know, have a little calendar and be like these are the it hasn't failed yet and you might even be like this on the the eighth it almost did right like i can't tell you why but like it was very close right. <laughs> uh yeah that sounds fun awesome oh man i'm excited to, to have that, that, that i'm gonna write that one tonight i'm very excited cool uh well with that let's uh let you guys go and we'll see you next time see you next time <laughs> You've been listening to The Setup, discussions in magic and comedy. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please go follow us on Instagram at Setup Podcast. We post little fun things there. We also have an email if you want to get in touch with us. That's setuppod at gmail.com. And that is setuppod at gmail.com. And go to iTunes and give us a review. Yeah, please give us I a, would suggest. I would suggest five stars. Five and stars. And then every time there's ten five stars, throw in a four star so that it sounds believable. Right. All straight fives, that, that's, that's too implausible. Right. And so then, you got to throw in like a, a, you know, a pretty good, but yeah, not great. You should make multiple iTunes accounts to do this. Yeah, please do. Um, so we're going to get in touch with you all to help you make more iTunes accounts. Right. I mean, this kind of goes along with this whole email scam business that I have as well. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. We've made a lot of money. <laughs>